Father, we just thank you for today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And, Father, we worship and praise you. Father, we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed spiritually, mentally, physically, in every way. We want the fullness of God. And we thank and praise you, Father, and we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about ownership today. Amen. Ownership. Hallelujah. Well, when I when I started, I only had that one thing, ownership. <laughs> I didn't have a scripture, didn't have anything, but I think I understood what God wanted me to, to tell you today. And um, I really kind of hate to say anything about catching a thief because Nola so eloquently spoke about taking back what the devil stolen. Amen. But, you know, the Lord was showing me, he says, he says it's more important, although you demand that sevenfold return. He said, but it's more important to take ownership of what you have and stop letting the devil steal from you. Amen. Amen. That was from yesterday. But, you know, I was thinking about that, and I said, well, what's ownership? It's to be an owner, not a custodian but an owner. Amen. Hallelujah. You take ownership. You rule and you reign. Hallelujah. And stop letting the devil steal from you. Amen. Hallelujah. We are, um, uh, we have dominion. God has given us dominion and we're going to go into uh, Genesis 1:26. But before we do that, let's turn to uh, Proverbs 6.30, where it talks about the thief. Hallelujah. And I want everything back the devil's trying to steal. Amen. So I'm not saying anything about that. <clears throat> Amen. Because we're supposed to do that. But in uh, Proverbs 6.30, it says, People do not despise the thief. Now, this is, I think, talking about a natural thief, not the devil. Always despise him because he despises us, right? If he steals to satisfy himself when he is starving. In other words, when people steal, it's because they starve. Amen. It says, but when he is found, in other words, if a thief is caught, he must restore sevenfold. He may have to give up all the substance of his house. Amen. Now, let's go to Psalm 24. Hallelujah. Psalm 24. Oh, I have to do it on here because my page is torn. In Psalm 24, verse 1 and 2, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. So, so in other words, God owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is, is his. The gold is his. The, you know, everything that they find in the earth, gas, all this stuff the Arabs are fighting over, that belongs to God. It don't belong to them, you know. But God owns everything. Amen. Verse 2 says, for he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. So it's been established that God owns it all. Amen. Now, 
the this is what the Lord is is showing me. And I'm gonna try to explain it to you. On the defense is chasing the, after the devil. That's defense mode. Offense mode is the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and I'm going to find more of what God has for me, and I'm going to get that. Amen? Hallelujah. So when you ha- God has given us ownership over everything, over the earth. Amen? And when he's given you ownership, that means that everything belongs to us. So you have to find out from God how to get it. Amen? How to get it. Because God can give you more than the devil can steal from you. Amen. So I think God wants us to understand and know that he has, the, the fullness belongs to him. Amen. And so God wants us to have everything. In other words, he's already given us all things. Amen. We talked yesterday about how he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. So everything that we need has already been given, and God wants us to govern over what is ours. Amen. So he's given us dominion over everything. Amen. And we'll go into, according to Genesis 1.26. But he wants us to act like we know it. Act like owners. Amen. Act like we own everything. Stop acting like paupers. Stop acting like we're begging God for something. You know, we're begging the devil not to beat up on us. You know, we're owners. Amen. We are not paupers. We're not poor. We are rich. You know, we don't have to play these games with the devil. Amen. All we need to do is learn how to govern ourselves uh ownership uh calls for dominion and we are supposed to know how to have dominion over everything that god has have i'm going to try to tie it together let's go to psalm 115 hallelujah psalm 115 verse 16 115 and it says the heaven even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Are y'all here? I'm going to read it again. But the earth he has given to the children of men. What does that say? It means that we have a responsibility here. Amen. We are responsible for what God has given us. Amen. The heavens Even the heavens are the Lord, but the the earth has been given to the children of men. Who are the children of men? We are. Amen. We are sons and daughters of God. The Amplified says this. It says, say, says the heavens, the heaven and the heavens is for God. But he puts us in charge of earth. So the heavens belong to God, but he puts us in charge of earth. Amen. It says God puts man on this earth. He blesses man. And to be fruitful, he says, be fruitful, multiply, and go fill the earth. Subdue it. Subjugate it. And that means putting it under your power. It says, and dominate it or rule according to Genesis 1.26. Why don't we go there now? It says, so it's about ownership and taking our rightful place on earth, amen, because we are owners. In other words, we are heirs. 
We are owners. And if you're you're a custodian, you close up at night and go home. Amen. <laughs> okay. But when you are an owner, you put a, a security system in or you, you watch what you you watch over what you own. Amen. Because you don't want the thief coming taken from you. So my 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 uh thought today is that in, instead of trying to chase the devil down, you know, trying to beat him up, take care of what God has put you char- in charge over. Amen. Understand and acknowledge what God has entrusted us with and take care of it. Amen. Learn how to rule and reign on this earth that God has given us. Amen. Learn how to take care of everything that God has um, allowed us to have dominance over. Amen. Hallelujah. I was going to say something, but it slipped my mind, so let's keep going. Amen. So Genesis one let's go there. Hallelujah. Genesis one twenty six. Hallelujah. I'll get myself together in a minute. <clears throat> and it says here, it says, Then God said, and this is when he was in the garden, it says, Let us make man. In our image, and that's the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, the Trinity. Let us make man in the image of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And it says, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Amen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Somebody need to under underline that <laughs> so you can tell a friend. Amen. He says, he says in 28, then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. You see these words, subdue, be fruitful, multiply, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And this is rulership. This is responsibility. It's power. It's rulership. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says in 29, it says, And God said, See, I have given you very every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose tree yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every sea, bird in the air, and to everything that creeps on the, the earth in which there is life. Amen. I, I heard a joke one time, and it says to all the ladies, God's given you dominion over every creep. Amen. <laughs> Don't forget that. You have power and authority over every creep. That tries to come into your life. Amen. It's still working. It says, I have given every green herb for food, and it was good. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's, I'm going to not go any further. 
But God is trying to show us that he has given us so much, so there's no reason that we have so little. We allow Satan to steal from us because we're not good. We're not protecting what he's given us. We have not learned anything about ownership, rulership, dominion, you know, all of these things. So we need to look at it and we need to allow God to teach us a little bit more about what we're supposed to be doing with what he has given us. Amen. And then we don't have to stay on the on the defensive trying to watch what the devil has taken. We stay on the offensive and we guard what's ours. Amen. And we learn to take dominance over uh, the earth. You know, we've been given dominion over the whole earth. The earth is the Lord's, but we read that he gave it to men. Amen. He's given it to his sons. And we right, rightfully so. We're not illegitimate. He gave us what we're supposed to have, even from the garden. You know, we, we have what we're supposed to have. Now, we need to learn to hold on to what he has given us. Amen. We need to know what to do with it. We need to know not to waste. We need. It's just so much that, you know, God has set, set us up for life. He really has. And so there's no reason why we have to bombard you know anything you know it's it's when people loot and you see them just going taken and it was funny because somebody else said on facebook said well why are they doing that when they got these brand new cars and trucks you know stealing out of the stores and looting it's kind of like that you know god's given us so much so why do we have to worry about not having all we need to do is just listen to god and figure out from God's word, how to hold on to what he's already given. Amen. And so that's what I believe God wants us to understand today. Hallelujah. So let's see. The message translation says this. um, Let us make human beings in our own image and make them reflecting our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, even earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them God-like. This is the message translation. It says, uh, reflecting God's nature. So in other words, we reflect God's nature. Amen. It says, he created them male and female. It says, he blessed them and said, prosper. He said, reproduce. He said, fill the earth. He says, take charge. And that's what I want to talk about, take charge. Amen. Because if we would take charge, if we would understand what it is that God has given us, then we won't have any need to, you know, worry about uh, anything just to abide in him and stay with God. Stay with Christ, amen. Be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face. You know, this is a a big responsibility that God is. He's trusting. He's entrusted us with so many things, amen. And it says, we have been given dominion in the garden, so we must uh, take ownership to rule it, to govern and to take charge on this earth. And we still have that today. Now, a lot of people say that Adam lost ownership in the garden, and he did. 
But you know what? Uh, Jesus got that back for us. Amen. Amen. So we don't need to stay stuck in what one man did and one man's mistake because another man came and justified us. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's just so good to know that God is with us when, see, he can fix things. He can fix our sin. He fixed Adam's sin. He fixed, he fixed Adam's mess up. Amen. Because he willfully, the Bible says that he willfully uh, disobeyed God. But, you know, Jesus came right back, and he got that authority back. He got everything back for us that Adam lost. Amen. And so we're not going to live in the, in the past. We're going to live in the present, and we're going to own. You know how people say own it? Well, we're going to own it. Amen. And if we own what God has done, what Jesus went and did for us in the garden, you know, he repaired everything, and he made it like new. And so if we will own it and step up and be, see, we don't want to be responsible. And that's how people are in the earth. Sometimes you ever met these people that just rather be renters than, than owners because they don't want the responsibility of, you know, fixing the plumbing, fixing the roof. It's, it's a responsibility. And so what I believe God is saying in this hour, own up to what he's on it. But don't be afraid to own and dominate and and control what he's given us to do. I think God is talking about our, um, let's see, what God has given us to do. Uh, what is this when we, we have a... I should have written it down. But when we, uh, our assignment, we try to run away from that. That's our responsibility. That's part of our our ownership. We have to own our assignment, own everything that God has told us to do. But we try to put things that God has given us on the back burner. So I believe God is saying in this hour, own, become owners of your assignment. Fulfill it and follow it through. Amen. Follow it through in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Psalm 8. Let's go back to Psalm 8. And I think this will seem a little bit more clear to you. Amen. Psalm 8. I hope. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes it's just lost identity that causes us to lose things. Amen. Lost identity, and we don't realize what God has, has given to us. It's kind of like we're always in need, and we're always asking God for something, but he's already provided what we're asking him for. And I think it's because we don't know who we are. We forget who we are. I think at times we, we know. But then we forget when something comes against us, and we forget our position. We forget who we are, and we don't fight like we're the owners, or we don't fight like we've been given dominion, like we've been given weapons of warfare, like we, we, we don't fight like we know the Word of God. We tend to sit down and wait on God to do everything when he's done it already. And this is how the devil, the thief, comes and takes.
from us. Amen. He takes because we're looking one way and the devil's coming another, you know. And so I believe that God is trying to put us back on our best game where we can start to take care of what, you know, is important. Take care of what he's given us. He's entrusting us with a lot of different things in this earth. These are important things. They're not just like your house and you got to cut your grass and you're responsible for your car. And this is much more important. We're responsible for lives. This is our assignment. We're, we're responsible for the earth and what happens in the earth. And so our, that's why I brought up our assignment. We need to take care of what God has called us to do not put it on the back burner because maybe our flesh is telling us we need to do this or we need to do that. Or maybe somebody else has told us what they think we ought to be doing. But, you know, we need to find out from God what he's entrusted us with so that we can get the maximum out of our lives. Amen. Because there's there's, uh, miracles with our name on it through our assignment. There's people's names who need healing and salvation, and that's on your assignment. And so we need to understand from God and know what he's expecting, what he's entrusted us with, so that we won't waste any more time chasing after the devil. Amen. You know, this naming and claiming quick kind of stuff, but God is saying in this hour that he is expecting us to you know, obey him, and he's expecting the sons of God to just um, go into the earth and pull out souls for God, amen, and do everything that God's called us to do. Well, let's go back to uh, Psalm 8, verse 4. And it says, what is man that you, let's see, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. It says, you have made him have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. Amen. All sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. They pass through the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, oh, God, how excellent is your name in the earth. Amen. And so God wants us to know that, in other words, we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And this is who we are. This is our identity check. This scripture should be our identity check. Should I read it a little bit more so that we can go back and and make sure that we heard what we were supposed to hear it says what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor now that's us that's our position our position in the earth that we have been and then david said it let let me hebrews 2 7 if you want to go there, David quoted that again. He says, you know, God has made man a little lower than the angels. And I think when the Bible repeats things, it's because God wants us to understand and know our position. He wants us to know exactly who we are. You know, he, he's given us a high position. And he wants us to operate as such. Amen. 
because we're not losers, we're not pathetic, and we're not poor, but we are rich, and we have a high position in the earth. And I think God wants us to understand and know who we are. And so this is an identity check. And if, you know, we're not low, you know, we're not sinners saved by grace. Amen. But we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. And so God wants to to let us know, I think, by that scripture, is that we don't have a low position in the earth. We have a high position, amen, and we should walk and act as such. Sometimes, you know, we can allow life to get the better of us, and we start acting like how we feel. But we are so much different than how we feel, amen. How we feel has nothing to do with who we are. I'll put it like that. Amen. Who we are is so much more. And what God has entrusted in us is so much more. And so what we need to do is is start um, acting like what God has already said we are. Or act act like he said who we are. Well, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Okay, now let's flip over to Galatians 4. And it talks a little bit more about who we are because I believe that the Lord is saying if we knew who we are, then we'd rule and reign and we'd, we'd understand ownership. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see Galatians. And so we have to know and just come to terms and just tell God, you know, I'm going to stop running from responsibility, and I'm going to stop letting the devil scare me. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to act like who you've called me to be. Amen. I'm going to be who you call me to be. Amen. So Galatians 4, let's see, verse 6, it says, And because you are sons, if you can please underline that, because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. So you're a son and you're an heir. And you're a joint heir with Christ. Amen. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a servant. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, I think, wherefore, I think it's in the, um, uh, another translation. It says, therefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So Paul is saying to you, have a high position on this earth. You have a high, I'm sorry, you have a high position on this earth. So why do you turn back again to a weak, beggarly element whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? In other words, why do you go back into bondage to a weak, beggarly position? Amen. When God's given you such a high position and just operate there. Amen. Hallelujah. And that is also, let's see. Galatians 4, 9, did we read that? I don't think we read verse 9. It says, but now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements <clears throat> to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. 
and I am afraid of you, least I have labored for you in vain. Amen. So Paul is saying, you fear me <laughs> because you don't move. You don't move fast enough. You know, and I can identify with that. You ever went five and ten years and say, I'm in the same position I was in, you know. You know, I'm still not really receiving what I need. But it's all in who you know that you are. You have to know who God said you are and not lose that understanding. Because the devil's going to do everything to try to make you feel like a nobody and a nothing. But you have to understand, you have to hide this word in your heart. And you have to understand and remember who God is in your life, who delegated the authority to you. It wasn't Satan. He has no authority. But it was God who delegated this authority. And all he's trying to do is get us to understand who we are and how to stay on top of the evil one. How to, to, how to be the, the provider and not the recipient. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're the, the lender and not the borrower. And so God is trying to get us to understand the difference in where we walk and where we're supposed to be. And so I think that the question is, how do we get there? Amen? Well, the, the thing is, is we need to know and understand who we are. Stop losing sight on who we are. Amen. Stop losing sight on what God is doing in our lives. You know, I think where the church is messing up is it's too much compromise, too much tolerance. We allow ourselves to go to a lower standard. And when we do that, and this is what I believe God is saying, when we don't live in, in the high calling, and we start to compromise, and we start to tolerate sin, it pulls us down to a lower level. And then we lose touch on how to mandate, how to be in authority, how to be in control of what God has given us. And we forget who we are. We forget our position. And it's almost like we're beggars. And we don't have anything, you know. And so what we need to do is obey God, repent first, and obey God and find out how to walk in that high calling. Because he's given us dominion and authority, and that just seems not to click with people. And it doesn't because we don't really believe that we have that power. Amen. But I believe after we get in the Word and, and get in some scriptures, we'll understand what we're doing wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. So the world, the world compromises, the church compromises with the world. And even how we think, what we allow, even in our dress, you know, um, it's just a lot, I won't say. Amen. But it's a lot that we allow. And then before you know it, the, the devil has taken or pulled us down and he's gained strength on us because we don't uh, realize that we've changed our positions in in the earth. God says, I've given you dominion and power to tread on serpents. Not He's not supposed to be treading on us. 
But when we don't pay attention and when we compromise and when we tolerate so much sin, you know, we lose momentum in the spirit realm. And so we look up, and then we're in need, and we wonder how that happened. And it's because, you know, the devil has tricked us. And you know how sometimes we don't want to confront sin because it's going to make us feel better. We're going to make somebody angry. But we just have to make them angry, you know. (laughs) Because if we don't, we need to look at it like this. We don't need to look at it like, we need to look at it like this. The more we allow, the more we're going from here to here, here to here, here to here. It's good. We're, ta- we're going down some pegs. And so the Satan doesn't want us to know that. He wants us to think everything's wonderful. And for a season, it looks wonderful and it feels wonderful. But see, when the Satan gains momentum on us, then everything, uh, can I say all hell breaks loose? And then we wonder what happened. And we're confused, and we're mad at God, and we're wondering who in the natural did this to us. And so then we want to start fighting these natural, you know, natural. We start fighting with natural weapons, and we put a face on it, and it's their fault. But it's our fault because we lost who we were. And I think it's all just an identity crisis. When we don't know, when we forget who we are. You know, the devil gains momentum, and this is how he steals from us. And then we have to go and try to beat him up and make him release sevenfold what he's stolen. You know, and we're supposed to do that. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like if we stay on our game, the devil can't take us. You know, he can't steal from us. And so we need to learn how to guard what's ours. It's, it's like I look at it like, you know, those dog fences that are invisible? And they're electric. So we kind of need to guard what's ours like that, our families, property, whatever. You know, our, our jewelry, whatever we own. You know, and others. You know, the miracles that people need. Our ability to minister to people. You know, our ministry. You know, we need to understand how important it is to, to guard the work that God has put in the earth for us to do. And that's first. You know, that should be first. And so I believe that God is really trying to to help us stay um, on top of the devil, stay one step ahead so we can live um, offensively instead of living on the defense all the time. Amen. And then let's see uh, some of my notes. This is... um, I said churches are tolerant, but Jesus wasn't tolerant. Amen. He was not. Jesus was not tolerate, tolerant. He preached repentance. He preached the gospel. And I, I remember Pastor Barb saying this week or last week, he says people, she says people have stopped preaching the gospel. And it's so true. Amen. And see, this is how we lose position. All of these little things of feel-good messages, you know, messages that people make them happy, but how, how long does it last? Give them something to think about. Amen. Just give them the word and let the word work on them. Amen. Maybe they, they don't want to hear it. But I guarantee you, um, when you are obeying the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, whatever it is that you preach, these, the people will... Who, the people who hear it will need it before the week is out. I put it like that. 
So it may not tickle their ears, but it will help them out in a time of need. Amen. That's what I'm saying. And so we need to obey God and preach like Jesus preached. He preached the kingdom. He didn't preach tolerance. He preached repentance, and he preached the faith to believe. And that's what he did. And so I think if we, the church, if we stick with that and quit giving, just letting people out of sin, you know, having pity for sin. Jesus didn't have pity for sin. There is no pity for sin. I'm just telling you. You know, because sin has pleasure for a season. I don't know where I'm going. But I'm telling you, it has, it'll kill you. It will wipe you out. And, and see, it's like this. You don't think it will because the devil is working on your behalf. And he's trying to make you think that it's not affecting you. Because God is so, um, he's patient and kind with us. And he's, he's uh, long-suffering. But sin, sin has a, a way of dragging you down. And dragging you down. And your momentum gets slower and slower. You know what I'm saying? And before you know it, you want, your life is upside down and you're wondering what's going on. And it's, it's just that little leaven that spoiled the whole loaf. Amen. Um, identity problems causes us to take ownership, not to take ownership when you don't know who you are. You know, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. When you have an identity crisis, you fool around with the wrong people. You, 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 you know, you wouldn't put salt in a cake that's supposed to be sweet. But when you keep messing around with wrong people, it's like putting salt or dumping a whole thing of salt in a sweet cake. And so that's what I'm saying by, you know, we don't want to take... Um, responsibility for who we are and what we possess. It's kind of like we lay it down just to mix in with the world. Amen. And it's not right. God can't honor it. And so we have to start to understand that it's not pleasing to God. And when you do that, you give up your royalty. You, you give up your position in the spirit where you can rule and reign as a, a, a ambassador for Christ. And what we do is we give that up to try to engraft people in that's not supposed to be engrafted in. Does that make sense? And I didn't mean that in the biblical sense. I mean trying to hold on and pull someone in that God didn't have them on your your, 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 uh, what's that when you give a party, your, your list, the party list or whatever, invitation list. They're not on there. They're not on there. Leave them alone. Okay, I feel some chills, some cold chills. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Hey, I'm just winging it. Amen. Ident- identity crisis. That's what an identity crisis is when you don't know who you are. You don't know when you're mixing oil with water. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so we need to know who we are. 
You know, we're, you know, we hear people talking, I'm royalty and I'm this and I'm that, you know, and it's just all talk. They really don't know. But I'm trying to be as honest as I can. I'm trying to understand what God is want me to say here today. Because <laughs> this is not one of my favorite, you know. I wanted to continue with yesterday. I was on a roll, but well, we, you know what I'm saying, just being honest. But we don't stay in or we don't walk in a high calling like we're supposed to. We let people and situations and things pull us down, and we're supposed to be living over or these things or these situations or these wrong people, we're supposed to have this kind of stuff under our feet because God says it is. But what we do is we kind of like dabbling in the wrong thing because it makes us feel needed or whatever, loved, whatever it is, I don't know. But we need to stay where God put us. And then if we keep or stay in the high position that God put us in, then he will help us work it out for the good. Amen. But identity crisis, that's what most Christians have. Amen. Hallelujah. And it'll cause you not to take ownership of everything that God's given you. Amen. Secular humanism don't know anything about ownership. It doesn't know how to take ownership. Amen. Hallelujah. People kick God out of out of society. God's not in our society. And this is what causes the humanists to think that they don't need God anymore. Amen. There's a, I can't remember where it was, but it was uh, some judge that just uh, it was in Arkansas, and this female judge in Arkansas went against the people's vote and just went for abortion. Yeah, when they, the people voted it out, and she went over their heads. That's that's what I'm talking about. You know, humanism. Want to make everybody happy and make every make everybody feel welcome. Everybody ain't welcome. You know, I hate to say it, but everybody just ain't welcome. You don't want everybody coming in your house, do you? Amen. And so we've been given authority, ownership to rule and reign on this earth, yet we allow these things because we don't pray enough. We're not praying enough. Amen. We're not being cautious enough. We're just too relaxed. And we need to... Not live in fear. I'm not saying that. We don't need to do that. But we need to live in the boldness of the Holy Spirit and let God lead us and let God speak to us on different issues. Amen. Hallelujah. People kick God out of schools. Pray, no more praying in schools. Amen. Non-American cultures. I hate America burning the flag. It's just ridiculous. Tearing down statues, which is a part of history. Now, I don't go along with what the statues represent, but it is history. You can't change history. I mean, you really can't. So to me, it's a big waste of time 
And that lady that was up there kicking that statue, I know she had to go to emergency for her feet. It's just, doesn't make sense. I just, I don't get it, y'all. I don't get it. It's a big waste of time. No respect for the Pledge of Allegiance. Different things like that. You know, we allow humanism to sneak in. And then before you know it, you have a problem at the school with your children. Because your kids go to school, they're, gonna, they, they're the ones that bump into this stuff that we allow because we don't pray. We're, we're afraid to talk to people about it because we might make them mad. Well, they're mad already. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just this world has become a place where it's just you don't really know who you are because the church, I think, has failed in a respect that it didn't protect the people, you know. And it's just, it's, it's sad. You know, pastors are quitting shutting the doors, uh, robbing the people, you know, humanistic. And so we need to really take ground. Amen. I was going to say hit the beaches, but I changed my mind because you would probably, you know, not understand that. But it's up to the church to change things in this world because we're the ones we read the scripture where it says we've been given dominion on the earth. We have earthly dominion. Amen. And so if we have earthly dominion, we need to change things. How do we do it with our prayers? You know, with our lives, we set in a standard that we live. And we understand and know that people are watching us. And we teach our kids as best we know how. And knowing that they will uh, fall in line and serve God and you keep doing your assignment. Respect your assignment. Amen. Respect what God has called you to do. And this is how we fall away. Because we said, oh, well, ain't nobody else going. I ain't going either. If you're the only one sitting here, you need to be sitting here. Amen. Amen. Don't be worrying about what other people are doing. Take your assignment seriously. Amen. And do what God has called you to do in the earth. Because we're only here one time, as y'all know. And so we need to make sure that we do it once and do it right. I used to, when, when I, before I got saved, I used to hear people say, do it till they satisfied. But see, we need to take that same idea and carry it over into the Christian arena and do good for God until we are satisfied, until God's satisfied, not until we're satisfied, because I think we get satisfied just doing nothing and talking about, mm, that's just bad, uh-huh, ooh, that's just bad. And I do it too. You know, I say, oh, that's just terrible. But you know, there's something on the inside of me that says, I want to do something about that. You know, this is just not right. And, and so I want to call as many people I can, pray, and I just want to uh, change what we let slip away. Amen. And the way there is a way that we can do it. We start by taking responsibility. Amen. Taking ownership. Taking, uh, uh, using our dominion. You know, binding and loosing. And meaning it when you say it. 
and not having this coming out of self pity that that's a killer and just you know um desiring to obey god no matter what amen desiring him and not so much the things that we want the thing you know we need to allow our flesh to take second seat you know because the the new man behold god's doing a new thing we we don't have to operate out of our old creation man allow our new creation man to rise up and that's the one that wants to obey God. That's the problem. We live out of our old nature too much. And the old nature likes to skim. You know, the old nature doesn't want to please God. Because to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so we tend to the old nature too much. Amen. And we need to flip that we need to uh, renew our minds in the word of god always goes back to faith and renewing your mind faith is always the order of the day and we always need to renew our mind always have to renew our mind amen hallelujah let's go to romans 8 i'm almost done Eight verse, I think seventeen. I might have to uh, borrow your amplifier because my pages are torn. <laughs> I know this, but I just refuse to get another Bible. Okay, let's see. Romans eight seventeen through nineteen. Is this, and this is the, it's the amplified, yeah. It says, and if we are his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share his suffering so that we may also share his glory. For I consider... From the standpoint of faith that the suffering of the, this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in us. Amen. For even the whole creation, in other words, all nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. Amen. So there's our responsibility. Our responsibility to the body. Our responsibility to the world. That the children of the world are, are, are awaiting our presence. In other words, the world is waiting for the church to get, <laughs> get it right so that they can, so that we can minister to them because they need to be, they need salvation. They need peace. They need joy. They need to not have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. We have the answer. Even though our cabinets may not be filled. We still have the answer, amen? We're the answer to somebody's problem. But if we're not walking in ownership with God, if we're not acting like we have been given uh, spiritual gifts, we've been given power and authority and dominion, 
if we act like we don't have it and if we're not walking in it, we're not going to convince too many people. Amen. And so we need to step back and get a get a uh, realigned with God, be become refreshed, restored, and and renewed in our spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're heirs. We're joint heirs with Christ, and this is who we are. No more servants, but heirs. Stop acting like a servant. You know when you lower yourself to fool around with the world and people who are unsaved, you you go back into servanthood. Amen. I think even worse than that. But when you know who you are, see, it's identity crisis. When you know who you are, you take pride in, and I don't mean pride in the bad way, but you, you understand and know that you are blessed and that God has put his anointing, his blessing, and his power on you, and you, um, you are thankful for what God has given it, given to you. You don't treat it. Okay, most Christians just treat that like it's just everyday nothing. Amen. But we have to understand and know that God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So if this is true, then we lack and want for nothing. Amen. And so what we have to give is so much more than what we need. The world needs what we have, and we have that to give, amen? But we don't really need a whole lot. Sometimes we're praying to, to meet a greed, not a need. But we're, we're, you know, we're praying, you know how it is. We're not really, now we can all remember days when we were really in need. But now it's, it's kind of like we want that next purse a designer purse, and we want those nice red-bottom shoes, and you know what I'm saying. So we start to blend in a little bit with the world, and we forget about our position. Amen? We forget about it. I think God wants us to, he wants to remind us of who we really are. And we're not beggars. We're not beggars. If we don't have, it's because we need to go back and sharpen our understanding where we can bypass or repent and get past where we went, where we took a wrong turn. And we can get where God wants us to be and and build on that. Amen. I mean, God really wants us to come out of where we're not supposed to be and get where we're supposed to be going. Amen. So God really wants us. We're we're the owners. We're not custodians, but we are owners. Amen. We're joint heirs. He's given God's given us so many great titles, joint heirs, owners, you know, um, of power and authority. We have victory. You know, it's just so many good things that God's already given us, and we haven't learned how to operate out of it yet. Amen. Well, don't look at me. Amen. <laughs> you know, amen. Dominion, ownership, amen. It's your life's assignment. Amen. And we need to be responsible for everything, every name. I, I look at it like this. I would love to see the list of the names of the people who are attached to me. That's supposed to receive salvation through me. 
who's supposed to be blessed through me. We reject. We, when we don't want to, we don't do it. We hide and act like we don't know. When we tired, we just don't do it. But, you know, God, God is not, he doesn't uh, overwork anybody. But he wants us to uh, spread the good news, preach the gospel. I mean, these are just the things that you do. It's so easy, things that you do every day. When, when you go to work, when you go to the market, when you go to the gas station. You know, it's just so easy and it's so good. God is so gracious. He builds, he builds this. It's like a built-in ministry because he doesn't take you out of your way to do anything. Well, everybody's waiting on the opportunity to get on the stage. It may not happen like that. And if it does, fine. And if it doesn't, that's wonderful too. Amen. God will meet you where you are if you have a right heart. But I think what we need to do is we need to go back to basics. We need to get refueled. We need to understand who we are in him. Because we do, the church has an identity crisis, and we need to come out of that. Because it's, the Bible plainly says who we are, that we have victory and, and, and authority. But see, we don't believe it, because if we did, we would operate in it more. We would operate in it, amen? And so God is trying to, to teach us, you know, and it feels good for a little while, and then we look and say, that's too hard. See, because we pass the milk. We're on to the meat, and this meat don't taste good. <laughs> you know, it gets hard to chew. Amen. But I'm telling you, God has given us everything that we need. He's there. You ever notice how when you're at work and he wants you to minister to somebody, you notice how I've heard you say this, you know, that I looked up and nobody was there. And so I knew I was supposed to minister to her. You know, God is there. He's, he's setting these, this thing up. He sets the stage. All we need to do is walk through there and open up our mouths. But some kind of way, we feel like the slave. We feel like the low person, you know, because somebody. And I'm telling you, all these people that have so much to say, you know, God didn't call them to say nothing. They need to shut up. You know what I'm saying? They really do. You know, these, I was going, looking this morning, the Jehovah Witnesses was knocking on doors. Not that I have anything against them, but they were out knocking on doors. But most of my neighbors were at, were at home doing yard work. And so, but the false is up doing, knocking on doors. And so that, that needs to ring a bell. And, and, you know, it's just so, and they need to hear truth. They need to hear the truth. You know, we need to stop spreading ourselves thin and, and take pride in what, and I don't mean pride in the worst way. I mean that, that um, how, how can I explain pride? You know, uh, pride is bad. Let me just get that right. But when I say take pride in what God is doing us, have some kind of um, right understanding about what he's given us what he's called us to do, and what he expects of us. Because this is not a bad deal. We got a good deal. <laughs> we, got a good, we got a good deal, amen. And sometimes this good deal that God's given us, sometimes it's going to hurt your flesh. And it's supposed to, amen. Because we're supposed to get uncomfortable going into a, uh, an area 
that's dangerous for us. See, Christians can't go everywhere. We don't supposed to go everywhere. We don't supposed to take up with a with you know. Just don't, and it should feel uncomfortable. Amen. And so after a while, that it don't even hurt no more. Your flesh just gotta get tamed. And pretty soon you won't want that stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody that, that got born again, stop drinking, stop smoking. I look back and wonder, you know what? I, I figured out why I smoke cigarettes because I never liked cigarettes because it looked cool. And that's the truth. I've told that story. Virginia Slims, it was cute. I liked the lady on the box. And see, we find out how really weird we can be, you know, but bad habits come easy. And so we need to stay away from that stuff and just stand in what God has given us. Amen. He's given us a great, um, he's given us a great job and many responsibilities that, but he's also, um, he's also fixed us up with everything that we need to do the job. So it's not hard. You know, we have a hard time with our hearts, allowing our hearts to be softened so that we can have compassion for others, so that we can minister to them and love them and make sure that they are getting the most out of this encounter with God that they can get. It's up to us. It's not up to the sinner. It's up to us. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me just read the definition. I was supposed to do this a long time ago, but I didn't. Ownership. It means the act of or the state of possessing something. So when you have ownership, you possess something. It's, I, it's also title deed, and I like that definition. Because, see, if you're an owner, you have title deed to something. You have a key to somewhere. Amen? When you're the owner. It also means freehold. Freehold. Your life and your assignment is your responsibility, and you have um, ownership over it. And if you don't do it, guess what? It don't get done. Amen? And then when you go to heaven, God has got this long list. Well, where were you on this day? Uh, you know, well, I'm just kidding, but still. You know, we have, it's serious. We need to obey God. Amen. Take ownership of what God has given you to do. Dominion means sovereignty, control, command, power, rule. Does that sound like you? (laughs) It also means government, jurisdiction. And so God has given you a jurisdiction, and you govern that. You're supposed to govern your jurisdiction. Amen? Hallelujah. Everybody that's close to you, that's, that person is your responsibility. Amen. It's your responsibility to see that they get ministered to, that they grow, and not ministering out of you, ministering out of the Word of God. Amen. Because <laughs> a lot of us take that the wrong way, too. And, you know, we want to make little minions. Look at that little mini-me, you know. But God, I mean, you know, God is, is expecting us to do things with him in mind and do things. Do it like Jesus do it. Preach repentance. Preach the gospel. And stop uh, compromising. 
You cannot compromise with the world. It'll catch up with you at some point. Amen. Satan usurped authority with uh, with Jesus. Amen. Well, he usurped authority with Adam in the garden. We talked about that. Jesus got the dominion back for us. And then he tried Jesus again. Went, Let's go to Luke 4. He tried, and he's going to keep trying you. Amen. So what we need to do is make sure that we stay covered. Oh, with, you know, do the obedience thing. Do what God's told us to do. Amen. Don't take, try to take shortcuts. There is no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. Amen. There's only straight shots. And so you need to want to be a straight shooter. Hallelujah. Luke 4, verse 5 through 14. So I'm going to read a little bit. And it's, it's talking about when Satan uh, tempted Jesus. And, and Jesus did it like you're supposed to do it. Amen. To keep your dominance, to keep your control, to keep your authority. You don't put up with compromise. You don't put up with uh, suggestions. You don't put up with uh, these little remarks that may be funny, but they're really not. Jesus didn't laugh at nothing Satan said because he knew he had a dagger in under his coat. <laughs> so he took it very seriously. So that's all I'm saying. You take it very seriously because it's a serious um, uh, position that God, and, and it's a serious uh, uh, job that he's given us to do, but it's very easy because he does it with you. But anyway, let's start at verse 1 of uh, Luke 4. It says, when Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's very important, says, return from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Amen. Amen. So, in other words, the wilderness confirms your gifting. The wilderness confirms your power. Amen. Because when you get out of the wilderness, you you somebody else. <laughs> you change into another man. Okay. <laughs> but when you're in the wilderness, God will give you a drink. He'll he'll make a river or a water in the wilderness and a road in the desert. He, a, a water in the desert, a road in the wilderness. He does all that. You're not there alone. That's what I'm saying. Amen. So see, that's why sometimes we compromise because we're scared of the wilderness. Well, you've been in there all this time. You already in there. Or you just got out. You know? So anyway, you know, you can't be afraid of these lonely places. You just can't. And that's what causes some Christians to back up and compromise. But we can't do it because you're not going to see Jesus do it at all. Verse 2 says, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It is written. Amen. It is written. 
he said if in verse three if you are the son of god and that's how he puts doubt in your mind and, I'm, and i'll give you an example when you're standing for a long time the devil will come up and say did god really tell you to god didn't tell you to stand for that see that's the same thing if you are the son of god so you can see how this manipulation of satan was trying to work on jesus it says verse um three and the devil said to him if you are the son of god command this bread to become stone to become bread but jesus said to him did i read this before okay verse five then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and the devil said to him all this authority i will give you in their glory for this has been delivered to me and you see where he says this has been delivered to me amen see and what he was talking about is adam gave me this it was did this uh this authority and this ownership this power it was delivered to me by adam remember him and see that's what he's saying he says and i give it to whomever i wish which it ain't his but he he was talking about adam amen therefore if you will worship me before me all will be yours and you know sometimes you really look at the devil and says he got a lot of nerve but yeah he does got a lot of boldness the false always does and the real the real bundle up and just go home but the but the false got a lot of boldness and want to run you out of town and sit you down that's just how that is and so he was talking to jesus but he wanted jesus to come to him for something and see we need to take this serious are y'all understanding that it says in verse i think i'm in verse seven am i okay because he said in six all authority and see that's your cue because you know we've been given authority but he took it and was going to give it to jesus (laughs) verse seven it says therefore if you will worship before me all will be yours and jesus answered and said to him get thee behind me satan for it is written you shall worship the lord your god and him only shall you serve and it's in verse 9 it says then he brought him to jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you are the son of god throw yourself down from here for and for it is written now he gonna give him the word he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone now see the devil he, he he's real slick because he only you know what he did right there he only quoted him part of psalm 91 didn't finish it but see, he thinks Satan is so, he thought he was so smart and Jesus was not. But see, he, he didn't even, he's fragmented, got a fragmented mind, amen? And so you really have to, we're smarter than the devil. We're smarter than him. We need to start acting like it, amen? Hallelujah. Okay, let's see. So verse 12 says, and Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said that you shall not tempt the lord your god and now even when the devil had ended 
every temptation he departed from him until an opportune time. Amen. So you keep your mind guarded daily. Because it said he stayed away for, in other words, a next another opportunity or another opportune time. In other words, he was going to come back with some stupid stuff because the devil tries to wear you down. And so when you know who you are, you cannot be worn down. When you understand and you accept your uh, assignment, you are in the spirit with God, and you're up on your game, and you cannot be worn down by the devil. And so Jesus knew he was misquoting scripture, but we didn't until we read it a lot of times, you know. <laughs> but you have to stay on your game. You cannot let the devil, uh, in, you know, you can't let him get under your skin. You can't let him intimidate him because that's what intimidate you. Because that's what he uses intimidation all the time, and he tried. It. If he tries it on the, on uh, Jesus, he'll try it on you. And so we need to stay in our word and stay with what God has called us to do. Amen. Verse fourteen, and I'm not going to go any further than that. It says, "Then uh, Jesus returned in power. He returned in power, and that's important because all of that stuff that." He was hungry. He he was weak. He had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and then intimidated by the devil. But it didn't work because he returned in power. Can we say that? Yes, we can because we're made of the same thing that Jesus is made of. We have the same true grit. I'm just going to call it that. We have whatever it is that Jesus has. We have the same strength by grace. We've been graced to stand, having done all to stand. And so we need to, but we need to not be fooled by the devil. Amen. We need to return in power and in the spirit of God. Amen. You know, because this power allows us to uh, take authority over sickness and disease. Amen. Thank you. This power gives us the the authority to lay on the hands on the sick and see them recover. Take authority over your pocketbook when there's nothing in there. You know, I mean, God's already done everything that he needs to do for us. Amen. And then some. And so I think what I'm trying to say is we need to acknowledge what God has done for us. And utilize everything that he's given us. Amen. He's given us uh, power and authority, the, the um, you know, the power, the power to bind and lose. He's given us the word. We need to wield it as a sword. Stop letting it sit up on a shelf. You know, start to open your mouth and speak the word and speak the word only. We speak too much other stuff. And so we need to train our minds and our hearts and be on our game and stop allowing the devil to put people and things in our lives that don't belong there. Amen. We need to learn how to come out of that. Amen. Let's see. I think I want to go to 15. It says, and then he taught in the synagogues being glorified by all. He didn't lose power. Remember, he left with power and in the authority of, of God and what God was doing in him. Amen. So he went and preached to, uh, 
to Nazareth where he, wait a minute, let me go back to 15. And he he taught their synagogues, being glorified by all. 16 says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue to the Sabbath day and stood up to read. It says, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And this is also Isaiah 61. Uh, It says, preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's our assignment. Amen. Jesus never stepped off of his assignment. Although, you know, he had been in the in the wilderness, he had uh, was hungry, you know, he had fasted for 40 days, and he had been jumped on by the devil. But did he complain? No. Would we have complained? Yes. But he knew who he was, and he didn't allow the devil to get under his skin. He went and preached the gospel and declared victory over the whole church. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he went and declared victory because that's who he was. He understood how to carry his corner and obey God and do what he was supposed to do. He understood ownership. What God had um, given him, he did what he was supposed to do. He didn't just let it sit and get stale, but he, you know, preached the gospel. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And verse 20 is the, and 21, I love those the best. It says, then he closed the book. See, he was done with it. Amen. (laughs) Closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Like, what are you going to do next? 21, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your ear or in your hearing. Amen. So in other words, he was saying this, in your ears, you can have this today. If you have ears to hear, you can have this today. You know, so God is a now God. These great and precious promises are not put on a shelf for later. Jesus is trying to communicate to the people that whatever you want, whatever he has promised, you can have it now. You don't have to wait to be blessed. Amen. You're blessed already. Amen. You've been given the next of your enemies. He's given you all of these things, and you can have them now. It's no reason why you have to wait to be blessed. Amen. Healing is now. You know, um, everything is now. We serve a now God. Faith is now. Blessings are now. Amen. And so he is saying that this is a marvelous time to serve the Lord. This is a marvelous time to express who you are and to show God 
who you really are. You know, make the devil bow to you. You stop bowing to him. You know, I, I believe he was always, Jesus was always trying to encourage the people. Amen. He was never trying to tear the people down. He was always trying to encourage them. He didn't even complain about what he had been through. He never did. He didn't complain about going to the cross. He didn't complain about all those things. You know, but he obeyed God. He did what he was supposed to do, and he carried whatever he was supposed to carry. He went to the cross, although he didn't want to, but he said, you know, nevertheless. And that's what we need to do when we come into hard times. Amen. So this is how Jesus got got the power back and through the cross we don't have a problem he's already done the work for us so we all we should do is just follow instructions you know the bible are our instructions our teaching sessions are our instructions revelation prophecy is our instructions amen and so all we need to do is be obedient And so that we can dominate and rule and occupy until he comes. Now, we were given some instructions yesterday, and we were given some instructions today in the offering. And are you going to do it? Amen. Amen. Are you going to do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey the instructions of God because this is how you you stay in uh, authority of what God has given us. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. We praise you. We just love you, Lord, and we just bless you. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Father, that you never leave us without help. You you instruct us because you love us. Amen.